hold on to me as we go as we roll down this unfamiliar road and although this wave is stringing us along just know you're not alone I'm gonna make this place your home. Good morning. You're listening to AM 1560 FM 97.7 KNZR. And we're also streaming live on KNZR.com. And it's now time for the Kern County Real Estate Review with your host, Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group at Coldwell Banker. Whatever your real estate needs are in Kern County, Lori and the McCarty Group are the local experts you can count on. Whether you're buying, selling, relocating, or maybe you just have a real estate question, all you have to do is call her at 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. And she or one of her team will be delighted to help you, so give them a call. And good morning, Lori. Good morning, Adelaide. How are you today? Uh, the usual. I love I love getting up early like this on a, on a Sunday morning. Uh-huh. The weather's beautiful at 645. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. Uh-huh. When we leave the building. Right. It's going to be awful. It's going awful to be hot. a lot hotter, isn't it? <laughs> so mm. we got to enjoy the AC while we can. Exactly. Thanks so much, Alpha Media, for paying for all this AC. <laughs> it can't be nice. too Yay. cold. In this awful heat. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Someone's had their Dr. Pepper, it looks like. Yes, I have. I am running strong on it. You know, what do I say? Nectar of the gods. I'm telling you. (laughs) Mm. Definitely. And I love my coffee and I love my caffeine. I'm so glad. Right with you there. So um, what are we talking about today? Well, today I am excited to introduce everybody to Ron White who is the executive director of the Golden Empire Habitat for Humanity here in Kern County. Ron's background and experience in law enforcement, organized sports, and his love of community has shaped who he is today. Combined with 30 years, which is pretty amazing, right? That's longer than I've been alive, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, combined with 30 years of nonprofit management, Ron and his team helped the residents of Kern County obtain homeownership one hammered nail at a time. He attributes his professional success to those around him that have influenced his life in so many positive ways. He learned the value of team building at an early age, and is really driven by his faith and his love of community. He lives by a phrase that I love as well, which is no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. So welcome to the show, Ron. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having us in. We appreciate it. Oh, you bet. We are just honored that you would spend your valuable time with us today. Sure. Welcome. So tell us, what is the mission of Habitat for Humanity? Well, it's a pretty big and important mission. I'm glad you asked me that question. Uh, our, our actual mantra is putting God's love into action. Mm, that's right? beautiful. And, and so the second half of that, that that correlates to that is clearly doing that by building communities, building hope, building homes, mm-hmm. building resiliency, and creating opportunities. We, we talk about building homes, but we're really building communities right. one home at a time. Right. 
That's awesome. So on a personal level, what is your why? Oh, you know, uh, I, I got to be honest with you. It's a very personal story for me as to why I'm here at Habitat for Humanity. Do you mind sharing? No, I, I appreciate the opportunity. In fact, I, I feel compelled to share this story where people are like, hey, okay, Ron, you shared the story. Are you sharing it again? I'm going to share it every Shout it from the rooftop because I think it's important and plays a vital role in why I'm here and what we do as an organization. Fantastic. Uh, so I, I, you mentioned this early on, and I appreciate you, you talking about you know, 30 years being amazing. Sometimes I look at that, maybe that just means I'm old. But I've been in the non I've so. been in the nonprofit sector here and born and raised in Kern County, been working on that. I serve on multiple boards. I've been in the nonprofit sector for about thirty years. So at the last nonprofit that I was a founder of and worked at for about twenty five years, um, I got to a point in my life where I said, you know, I appreciate what I'm doing. We're having great impact, but but I want to do more. I want to increase my footprint in the very community that I live in. So when this opportunity came up uh, for the uh, CEO position for Habitat, really had to do a lot of soul searching because I was very happy at where I was. Mm -hmm. And so as, as my wife and family are talking about it because they, they were pursuing me as a potential candidate, I really, I really wasn't sure until, until a moment in time changed me. So we were blessed enough to, to purchase our own new home about a year ago, pre-COVID. Great timing on my part, by right. the way, right? Right. Great timing. And so as we're purchasing the home, it's an exciting time for, for my son, for my wife. We realized, well, we're going to have to get into a rental home for about 90 days prior to transitioning into the new home. I'm like, well, okay, that's fine. Well, you know, big goals down the road, we'll do it. Until I started taking a look at what the cost was mm -hmm. to get into a rental home. And it was shocking. It was eye-opening for me. Yeah. Um, we're blessed enough to be in a position to where we can do that. Right. Um, but it was no less than $6,000 yeah. out of pocket to get into a rental home. Right. Now, I got to tell you, I haven't been in a rental since I was in college, which is many moons ago. Mm -hmm. So at that moment, it was eye-opening for me. It was right. an epiphany. I said, you know, we're blessed enough to do that. How many people in our community can is. come out of pocket five to $6,000? And at that moment, I had to hold the mirror up to myself and say, you know, you need to do more. I think somebody's talking to you. Mm -hmm. This is your opportunity from somebody who didn't understand or even play a role in home ownership growing up on the east side of Bakersfield. We, we didn't own a home. Okay. In fact, we, we were probably at the poverty level. The beauty part is we didn't know it right. until later on when you look back. So that moment in time changed me and it changed my outlook. And then I decided to take the job based on my personal experience because I want to do more. So it's a very personal journey for me. And, and that lands me here in, in uh, month number six here at Habitat, building a brand new team and a brand new uh, approach to the community. That's a beautiful story. Thank you so much for sharing Absolutely. that. Absolutely. That's wonderful. So tell us, when was, I know you've only been there for a few six months, months, six minutes. It feels the same. It's very exactly. fresh. I've been here six months, yes. Um, but when was Habitat for Humanity Golden Empire started? Sure, and, and it's important to go backwards to go forwards. Mm -hmm. We're now looking at about 30 years, 1991. Wow. And so if you look at the number of homes and families that we've impacted, and when I say mm -hmm. we, the royal we, because I certainly wasn't here, but I feel right. like I'm part of that, that lineage. Of course. You're talking about 30 years and over $10 million in mortgages, affordable mortgages, multiple homes, multiple repairs. Wow. Um, and so I, I feel like that I'm just fortunate enough to be part of a continuum of that lineage. And so the predecessors here before me, the folks that came before me, really built this platform that allows me to come in and really continue that amazing 
amazing work. So 30 years, yes. That is great. And what is your goal with Habitat? Well, you know, it's, it's a multifaceted goal point for sure. We certainly want to build upon and continue the work that was done before us, but we want to take it to the next level, mm-hmm. right? So when we put our team together coming through the door, I said, you know, we've done X. We want to we want to increase that number. We want to build on average three homes a year, brand new construction, okay. start to stop. We want to make sure that we have a very goal-oriented focus, meaning that who are we building for? We understand that there's, there are gaps in housing. If you know anything about the, the lack of inventory, you know there's an absolute <laughs> historical need. Mm-hmm. But we want to really dive down and take a look to make sure that we're taking care of our veterans community. Right. My, my son, so is, my son is serving right now, so it's personal so for me. Mine. Thank, thank him for thank his you. service, absolutely. Uh, but many, many sons and daughters are serving, so we want to honor and take care of the veterans community. We also, and this is an underserved community, most often not. We want to make sure that we are taking care of the aging in place community, mm-hmm. the elderly. In absolutely. fact, in fact, those two, those two portions that we've just discussed here have been our main repair track right now. We're okay. building ADA ramps for folks who can't get in their home, oh, right? Wow. And that's in between builds right now coming out of the COVID era. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute, mm-hmm. I'm sure, mm-hmm. is what we've done most recently is we're really in the repair and refurbishment okay. business, if, if you will. Okay. So um, within the last 60 to 90 days, we've built five to six ramps. We've built subfloors. We've built homes back up internally mm-hmm. so folks are, are – are safe to live in their home they can turn the lights on they can access their home and we really feel often that that is a segment of our our society that's often forgotten absolutely so those things are important so to sum it up we want to keep serving our community honor the veteran community make sure that we're addressing the gaps in the aging age in place community um, and then continue to build affordable housing on on a track of no less than three homes annually fantastic so Many of our listeners may be familiar with the concept of Mm -hmm. Habitat for Humanity, but they may not understand exactly how you're governed. Sure. So can you share that with us? I would love to. And and let me go backwards for a moment because what you said is so important. Um, The benefit of me coming into Habitat with fresh eyes, fresh perspective, Mm -hmm. and I'm from the area. My former Mm -hmm. office was a block away from our current office. Ah, But even for me, working in the nonprofit uh, sector for so long, what became clear clear and apparent to me is a lot of folks, including me, Mm -hmm. know of Habitat. Right. They don't know about Habitat. Exactly. And that's an important distinction. And it's our role to educate the community, fill the gaps. Um, you know, a lot of times I'm in conversations about, oh, Jimmy Carter, and you know, because they, mm-hmm. they understand the outward peripheral of that. Right. Um, but there's much more involved. But as really, yeah, there's so much more depth. It, it really, there really is. And, and once again, it's our role to fill those gaps. Mm-hmm. I can't expect someone to follow or support our mission if they don't know what our mission is. Right. So that's our role. Right. As it relates to governance, we're governed by a board of directors okay. of seven. And what's great about our board of directors is it's extremely diverse. Okay. You have representatives from the banking community, mm-hmm. from the ag community, from mm-hmm. the oil community. Okay. Right? We have a CPA on board who does this for a living. We have somebody who is in the trades industry. And by the way, we are looking to add to that board. So if anyone's listening out there, we would love to have you know more, more members. We'd like to build the board up to about 14. But that is our governing portion of Habitat. They oversee on the on a monthly basis maybe even on a, on a weekly basis they oversee operations and then i sort of keep the uh 
the I guess the car on the road during the week. Right, the day to day. The day to day, absolutely. Fantastic. You're listening to the Kern County Real Estate Review with Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group at Coldwell Banker Preferred Realtors on KNZR 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, and streaming live on KNZR.com. And to reach Lori, you can call her or her team anytime at 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. Or you can go to her website at themccartygroup.com, where you can tour all of the properties available in Kern County from the comfort of your couch. Or you can request an in-person tour, and she or one of her team will be happy to show you any of the available properties for sale. Whether it's a video tour or a personal showing that you're wanting, all you have to do is click on thebacardigroup.com and start shopping. As the number eight agent for Coldwell Banker in North America and the only Kern County agent to be listed in the Real Trends Top 100 rankings for agents in the nation for 2020, her goal, as well as that of her team, is to serve you. So let them do that, and we'll be right back with the Kern County Real Estate Review here on KNZR. Hi, Dennis Prager here for Lori McCarty, host of the Kern County Real Estate Review. If you've got questions about real estate, she's got answers. Tune in every Sunday at 8 a.m. right here on KNZR, 1560 AM, 97.7 FM. Now that's smart. We're back this morning with Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group on the Kern County Real Estate Review here on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. You can call Lori anytime, and that phone number is 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. Or you can go to the website at themccartygroup.com, voted Best of Bakersfield, your favorite realtor for the last two years in a row. And she's certainly our favorite realtor here. Thanks, Adelaide. You're welcome. And if you're just tuning in, we're visiting this morning with Lori's guest, Ron White, CEO of Habitat for Humanity, Golden Empire. Thanks so much, Adelaide. So now, Ron, before the break, you were mentioning that Um, you're looking to expand the board. Uh, So if there was anyone out there listening who was interested, to please contact you. But what about for businesses that maybe they don't have the time to devote to being a board member, how can businesses in the community get involved with Habitat? In the same way, I'm glad you asked that question because we do have a proud history of strategic partners and mm-hmm. stakeholders. So we work with a lot of businesses already. But believe me when I tell you, we're always looking to build relationships. So the, there's, a, there's a saying in the Habitat world, as I'm learning in my sixth month here, is you can donate a couch or you can donate your time. Right. right. And so we'll take them both. So if you're a business out there and you're listening, and I'm sure quite a few are, you can contact us through our website, Habitat, uh, You can come by the ReStore. Um, heck, you can come knock at our door at the affiliate office off of uh, 19th. Um, we're looking for those opportunities all the time. And, and quite frankly, a lot of those are, are longstanding in-place relationships that exist now. And it's very diverse in their approach. Some businesses say, hey, you know what? 
we're going to donate brand new or, or gently used items to the restore. That'll help drive your mission. Or, hey, can we bring a whole Bank of America team out on a build day and actually raise the trusses? So it's extremely diverse. There are multiple opportunities. I, when I tell you this, we'll take them all. That's come, great. Come and see us. That's great. What age do you have to be to volunteer? Because I know in the high school district, there's sure. an opportunity to earn community service hours. A- absolutely. So we start at 16 on job sites. So the standing rule is 16, but if you want to come out and you want to help and contribute, whether whether that's handing somebody a hammer, or actually nailing a, nailing a hammer, uh, nail, whatever it is, we're going to take you. But the standard is 16 all the way up to the mid-90s. And if you uh, were looking at YouTube, you would see that Jimmy Carter is still on, on site, mid-90s, swinging a hammer, carrying the Habitat mission. So we'll say, for, for Jimmy, we're going to say 16 to 95. <laughs> that's great. That is really fantastic. So I know that... Um, there are a lot of people that are mistakenly under the impression that Habitat gives homes mm-hmm. away. Uh, tell us the real story. I, you know, I mentioned earlier in the conversation that um, coming in with fresh eyes, fresh mm-hmm. perspective, I'm absorbing mm-hmm. all these things in, in real time. I have to be honest with you. I was one of those folks. So in full transparency, I thought I didn't really know the inner workings. Right. And, and I think it's fair, right? I, I think so, too, because until I started reading, I actually was under that impression Well, I'm in good well. company. If, if I'm with you, then I'm okay, right? And so I was one of those folks who, who just had you know a peripheral understanding of Habitat. Right. But as I got into it more and more, I realized some things early on in the process. Mm-hmm. One, we need to fill those gaps and make sure folks understand we're not giving homes away. Rather, we're giving opportunity away. Right. And there's a big distinction between the two. Absolutely. So we're looking for partner families mm-hmm. to come in and partner with us to help okay. build their home, right? That's right. one of the things that also right. drew me in into the Habitat world is there is an element here that's unique to Habitat no matter where you are, and that is sweat equity. Absolutely. So when families come in, and we'll talk about this more in specifics as it relates to qualifications, um, one of the elements that drew me in was I'm like, are you telling me that folks are actually helping build their own home? Mm-hmm. That And they're required. That's part of the requirement for a Habitat family is, in addition to some other things we'll cover, you've got to put in between 250 and 500 sweat equity hours on your own home. Right. That's extremely unique. Well, it is. And it's, it's much like in raising a child. Mm. You, you can either give them the vehicle or you can require them to earn money to help buy the vehicle. Which do they take care of better? Sure. Which do they appreciate more? Absolutely. The second. Absolutely. I didn't know it at the time, but I learned that lesson early on. It didn't feel like that then. No. But looking back now, I value it deeply because Absolutely. of the process. Absolutely. I'm the same way because I thought to my parents, well, that's just mean. Exactly. Right? What do you mean I have to get up and work for something? But right. then I hear that coming out of my own mouth as I'm talking to my own child. Right. So I, I concur with that. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So, so tell us more about the qualification process for a family. Sure. So let's, let's start with what you asked initially. We're not giving homes away. We're giving opportunity away. So mm-hmm. in addition to the sweat equity hours that we talked about, mm-hmm. you also have to have steady income. Okay. So there's a steady income element as well, too. And then really preceding all of those, you have to have a true need. Right. You know, and, and that's, it's, it's not always just a desire. It's, it's a desire coupled with a need. So the need would be if you're in a home that you sim- simply can't afford or if it's unsafe conditions, 
or uninhabitable. Maybe there's somebody in the home who has some sort of physical challenge. So the need is a very important element. So when you take a look at, at need, mm-hmm. steady income, mm-hmm. um, and you have to have a, a certain level of credit too. And, and that's a misnomer as well too. We're looking for somebody that we can set up for long-term success. Okay. And so all of those things, along with one element that often gets missed, in addition to us helping build homes, because we're helping, they're a part of the process, is there is an educational piece here. Right. And so we provide that educational piece so that when this family gets into home ownership, and I can tell you, looking back to when I'm buying a house as, as, a, mm-hmm. as a younger person, I could have used that myself. Absolutely. And it, it talks about how do you budget for a home, how do you square your finances away, um, understand the, the building equity process. That educational piece may, from where I sit, respectfully be the most important ingredient in that process. Well, I think so because, gosh, just in the normal home buying process, there is so much to absorb. So complicated. So much to take in that if, if if an agent doesn't spend time educating their client, their client's going to feel lost. And it's much the same way with the habitat homeowner. They need to know all the ins and outs. It's such a complicated process. How many times have you sat down to sign a, a purchase agreement or, a, or a, a new home contract? And we're in California, so that means add another 125 pages to whatever contract Absolutely. exists as it relates to disclosure. Mm-hmm. And so e- even, even myself a year ago, I look back and I'm like, well, what does this mean? And so I, I think that that education piece really fills some of the gaps. Uh, and that's for everyone. Absolutely. And that's one of the unique elements of Habitat. You, you, you couple that with the sweat equity portion, uh, building long-term <clears throat> generational stability. It's a really great recipe for success. Absolutely. I've always said that uh, the more informed you are, the, the more confident you feel. 100%. Going forward. Um, so tell me, when we talk about income mm-hmm. uh, stability, sure. are there minimum or maximum there, there guidelines? Are, right. There are minimum and maximum. And so it's really generated off of our area, our AMI, okay. area medium income. And I want to say looking at 2021 numbers, area medium income is about 61,000. Mm-hmm. So our partners usually hover around the 50% AMI range, okay. but um, you have the low of 30 all the way up to 80. Okay. And, and that's driven by the number of residents living in the house oftentimes. So that impacts that impacts that. And so if you're looking at a scale from one, two, three, et cetera, it's a, a, an adjust back to what that number is residing in the home. Perfect. That's so what? Yeah. And so what that really means is that you're like, okay, well, who's your typical habitat family? Well, typically it's hardworking folks. Mm-hmm. I want to say that cool. repeatedly, hardworking folks, right? Right. That are. Uh, that are needing to get in a home, that have a desire to get into the home, have a true need, but may not necessarily qualify for conventional financing. Mm-hmm. That's where Habitat steps in because the reality is through in-kind donations, through an amazing donor base. Mm-hmm. And when I say donor, I mean volunteers, products. We even have a group we call the Elf Crew, which are, which are uh, folks that have been coming out donating their time, previous homeowners, veterans who come back. Because we have that workforce system, Mm-hmm. We actually can build a home at a fraction of what for-profit builders build homes for. Really? Really. And I'll give you a real-world example of this. We just finished our most recent build off of 4th Street, uh, the Union area, 4th and Union, mm-hmm. if you're familiar downtown. 
Um, if you look at that particular house, and we'll talk about COVID's impact, but if you look at that particular house there, um, I would say two thirds of all the workforce were, was donated. So, wow. so yeah. So and and you got you fantastic. got you got amazing stakeholders that are coming in. You know, we get to the end of that project and we're like, it's a beautiful home. We have to have landscape. Well, guess what? Local landscape company came in, donated it all. We needed a fence. Hey, uh, hey, local uh, uh, Rotary East member of, mm-hmm. got to give them a shout out. We need a fence. Mm-hmm. Hey, how can we help, Ron? Wow. I want to say this, and this is really critical for this conversation, if you'll give me that latitude, is we live in one of the most generous communities in the country. And I'll put that up against any community. Now, Absolutely. true enough, I live and reside here, but I've seen it working in the nonprofit world for three decades. If, if you build it, they will come. I have seen it being a volunteer. I have been amazed at what people in this community have donated. Um, it Such loving, giving hearts. Without question. Without mm-hmm. question. Hey, hey Ron, and I, I wanted to ask you, too, just thinking about it, You talked about that house you built on 4th. Um, what are the long-term effects? I mean, I mean, it's got to be a beautiful thing, this family getting in a brand-new home that Absolutely. without you guys probably couldn't have got into most likely couldn't have got into. Now, how far down the line? I mean, can we go back 10, 15 years and see people? I mean, what are those long-term effects? Sure. I, you know, it's, studies show that if, if you're in a home ownership situation, it provides better outcomes. Mm-hmm. Educational, uh, confidence, confidence, multi-generational impact to build equity. We have homes now that folks have been in that they're at the end of the term that are paying off 30 years. Wow. And some of those homes are going back. Guess what? to members of their family, they become multi-generational. So when you see a Habitat house in a neighborhood, you know, it represents, sure, the sticks and bricks, as Habitat says, but it also represents long-term generational stability. That's some of the positive outcomes associated with Habitat builds. Beautiful. That's great. That's fantastic. So can, if we know of a family that we feel like is deserving. Can we nominate a family? You can certainly nominate them, and we welcome that process. When there's a need, we talked about the community. How do we find out things, right? I mean, sure, we have internet, we have the telephone, but you know what the truth is? Peer-to-peer, community involvement, we want to be able to identify those, those folks that have need. Now, with that being said, you can certainly nominate, but there is a selection process. So once you're nominated, it would be up to the family to go in and apply, and then we have a, a selection committee of families, and we take a look at who is the, who is who is the viable candidate out of that group, um, because we want to make sure that that it's a good fit for them too, right? That it meets their need. It's a true partnership situation here, mm-hmm. and and so we welcome that. In fact, you can apply online for us. Um, you can stop by the restore. You can call the office. I'll leave my whatever it is. If you know somebody in need, certainly reach out. And not just on, on new construction, but if you know somebody in need on the repair side, you know, oh, a lot yeah. of those are referral based for us. Someone will call. They'll live in a uh, they'll live in a community where you know there's somebody aging in place that's there, and they're like, "Hey, we have this person, and they can't even get up the stairs to their home. They're in disrepair. Hey, call Habitat. We'll see what we can do to help." That's fantastic. And let's let's talk about that for sure. a minute because. For those people who are familiar with Habitat, who maybe peripherally know of the the program, again, I believed that it was mainly about the construction of new homes rather than repair of existing homes. So talk to us about that side of the program. Well, I got to tell you, you know, um, there's... There are moments here 
in my six month at, at Habitat that are really eye opening to me. Uh, but nothing more than to being on being on a repair site and seeing the look in a face of someone. And I'm just going to use this as an example. That could be my grandmother. That could be my uncle. And they're just asking for assistance with basic human dignity. Right. So when I'm on a site and I see that we have an amazing construction crew. In fact, we have a construction uh, supervisor. I think they built the uh, building around him. Art. He's been here for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And then we also have a, a, a construction manager, Rebecca, who is a 22-year Marine veteran. Tough as nails, smart as a whip. I learn from them every day. Mm -hmm. So we'll take on all types of projects that may fall within that scope. Um, What we're doing most recently, honoring both the veterans community and the aging in place community, is is a lot of ramp building. Okay. Uh, uh, We just put an amazing subfloor in a home the other day that was sinking in. And it was it was a woman that was in her 80s who certainly didn't have the the, the fiscal support to do that, didn't have the know-how. Mm-hmm. Um, those kind of things outside of the new construction element are so critical. Because once again, they feel like that they're the forgotten and underserved community. Absolutely. And they many times, particularly when they're aging in place, they, they don't have anyone here to, to rely on to do that Lim- for Limited them. income, too. A lot of times when we come into those settings, if they have the ability to help contribute to that, because there's always a cost involved, even though we right. have great partners, Home Depot, Lowe's, local businesses here in town, right. there's, all, there's also a fiscal impact. Right. I will tell you that we're really excited. We just uh, were awarded with a rotary grant for the Waterman Foundation oh. for the, that funding to go specifically to that type of repair work. That's fantastic. That, remember we talked about the generous community mm-hmm. here? That's a rotary mm-hmm. gift as well, too. And so we're blessed to get uh, funding in that capacity, individual donors, uh, stakeholders. It comes from all sources. If, if you want to spend your time donating, writing a check, you can drop a couch off to my house. I'll take it to the store. Whatever it takes, you know, all of those in an aggregate allow us to do what we do. Right. And, and so let's talk a little bit about uh, the Habitat for Humanity Restore. Um, tell us a little bit about how that came to be. Sure. So I'll, I'll give you a brief history of that. That, that's, that model's been around since 90, 91 or so. Okay. And how it started, it, it, if you look at Habitat and go back, it was starting in the 70s from, from the Fuller family in uh, uh, Georgia and morphed its way out here. But mm-hmm. the Restore is relatively new in comparison to you know complete history. Mm-hmm. So the premise, as I understand it, um, certainly wasn't here in the 90s, but as it was relayed to me, is that um, folks started donating items that they thought would make sense to go into the homes that they were building. Oh, lumber, cabinets. Lumber, cabinets, paint. Right. Furniture, housewares, appliances. Mm-hmm. Right. And we'll get into that at the restore in a moment is, you know, the affiliate. And that's what we call our office here. Right. You know, it's, that's it's an office to me, but it's called the Habitat Affiliate Office. OK. So um, they started dropping these things off. And pretty soon they're like, wow, I have all of these supplies. We have more supplies than we have a home. So that morphed into the ability to open a retail space. Mm-hmm. sell those items at ridiculously low prices to mm-hmm. serve the community and the restore that we have right here in town we're and, and I, I say this because we want to reculture and change the thought process here we're on roughly on the corner of white lane and newstein right, right. it's a sixteen thousand square foot facility that's huge it is huge so so in that store now and, and this is important because this is when you talked about what are some of the goals for habitat this is in that goal category for us um it's been a little hidden secret here for a while. Right. Um, once again, my office was a block away. I didn't know it was here. 
Oh no! Right, and I'm I'm, I'm just giving all the uh, trade mm-hmm. secrets up here. Mm-hmm. Right, they've already hired me. They can't go right. back now. Right. So I'm giving all the trade secrets up, and uh, that building itself, if if you think in terms of layout and sixteen thousand square feet, it's an MCAT mm-hmm. building. The whole front of the building is what you would think of in a a, a retail vintage type store. Gently used clothing, right. appliances, housewares, or houseware, excuse me, all of those things. But the, the store splits almost in half. As you walk beyond that threshold and go to the back of the store, it's like a miniature Home Depot. Oh, wow. I've, got, so, to ch- I've got to chime in on that. Oh, I go love, ahead. love, love the restore. Oh, my gosh. It is. Yeah, I'll stop there. And, <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, and I'll walk out with a can of paint. Um, some light bulbs that are super deeply discounted. I mean, it's next to nothing how inexpensive that stuff is. And probably an, a new shirt. Oh. Wow. <laughs> and I've got a 10-year-old, so, you know, a couple pairs of shorts and all that stuff. That store is amazing. That's amazing. a one-stop shop, amazing. apparently. Yes, I love to hear that. Is. Thank you. I love, That's you know, great. I saw a drum set there, and I said, I'm coming back in an hour with my friend's truck. But it was gone. Oh. It was like forty bucks. I was like, "Oh my god!" No gosh. way! Absolutely. My neighbors appreciate the fact that I didn't get it. But. Yeah, I'm sure they <laughs> do. But I was like, "This is a great store. Great store." But that speaks to the diversity of what we sell in that store because folks donate those items. So we're split in half. And I'm glad you said that, and I'll, I'll gladly share that with management because you can really one-stop shop all of those things. And one day you can pick up some shorts, a shirt, a drum set. Apparently, if you get uh-huh. there in the same hour, right? Uh-huh. You got to be quick on the it's draw. All timing. But but a bunch of brand new. In addition to what is donated to us, and we we have people donating all over the county to us by the way if you want to donate we'll come and get it right so that's important to know too is in the in the uh i guess the home improvement area for lack of a better term the paint that we sell there is a third of what you would purchase at Mm. at a home depot at a big box store and people with there being a paint shortage these days you need to go check this out. You, you do. Um, once mm-hmm. again, I could have used some of that paint in years past. Mm-hmm. And, I, and here's, a, here's a little uniqueness to the restore that, that I didn't realize until maybe 30 days into the job is, you know, there are affiliate and restores for Habitat all over the state, all over the country. We're the only one in California that sells gently used clothing. Really? Absolutely the only one. And I've okay. been to them all. And so now ask me what we sell the most of. Clothing. Please. It's not even close. Really? It is the number one selling item for us, which speaks to a couple of things for me from a retail standpoint. It absolutely speaks to a need. Yes. So on Fridays, we'll do Family Friday. I don't care what clothing item it is, 93 cents a garment. Wow. One day a week if you have that. And and the truth is we can't keep the rack stocked up. That speaks to me. As somebody who grew up on the east side of town, didn't have a home, lived at the poverty level, that is deeply personal to mm-hmm. me that you and, and school starting back up will get Absolutely. people coming in to buy clothing for children it, it, it you know sure it's a retail space yes it drives the mission of habitat as it relates to building homes but it also serves a need in our community right when you can come in and buy affordable clothing and apparently some drums i don't know uh-huh. i don't have that combo but i like that concept <laughs> i like it but, too yeah, yeah I've absolutely bought, i've bought golf clubs there some putters, no yes, way. like three bucks, and I'm like, this is great. Can didn't, I be honest? I bought some there too, but did, I'm, yeah. I'm still terrible. Didn't okay. improve my game at all. <laughs> well, all right. So now you touched on COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, 
pre-COVID, COVID, post-COVID. Sure. Well, I didn't know we were in post yet, but uh, you got a great part. I, I believe we I are. I hope so. I want to be, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And so uh, are you asking what the impact was yes. from COVID? Well, I can tell you that I, I, I guess I picked a great time to come here, right? I you picked did. a great time to buy my house right when COVID started. Right. I changed job right in the middle of COVID. Clearly, my timing is all over the place. But what I can tell you that was relayed to me on the pre-COVID front, because I clearly wasn't here at right. that time, was that it shut all operations down completely. Mm, yeah. Retail yeah. space was closed mm-hmm. for, for almost 90 days. Right. So Habitat International basically released guidelines saying, hey, until we get a handle on, on what and how we're going to mitigate this process, we're going to be very conservative in our approach. Of course. So what does that mean? That means that basically we had to lay off all the restore folks for 90 days. Mm. We stopped construction and we were at the oh. end of this build, right? Mm. And so... After about 90 days, we started coming back. We're at a point now where I feel like that we're not behind the wagon anymore. We're beside it. So we're starting to gain ground. But here's what's interesting. Even when we were able to open the restore back up Mm -hmm. and and deal with limited hours, folks wearing masks, all the mitigation items that come with COVID, um, we, we were slow in building momentum. Right. Right. For for many different reasons. Folks mm-hmm. were out of jobs, fiscal impact. Absolutely. Where, where I felt like it had the greatest negative impact. Right. And I look at it as, as not necessarily a challenge, but an opportunity mm-hmm. was on the build site. Okay. Because even when we came back, you know who we're missing? We're missing the volunteers. Yes. Because volunteers oftentimes were, were hesitant about coming into that environment, you know, as we're dealing with a pandemic. Right. So it slowed the process up for us. And a house that would hammer to nail would take 24 weeks to complete. Mm-hmm. That project extended because of COVID, because of some limitations, a couple of years. It really wow. slowed the process down. Okay. Um, and so that, to me, was the greatest impact. The, the peripheral impact is that even when we came back, we were limited on our volunteer base. In fact, we're starting to, to build that again now. Okay. Because corporations that would come out, and we talked about this earlier, they would come out and do a building day. Mm-hmm. They weren't able to do so. Right. There were corporate restrictions. And I understand that. We want to keep right. people safe. That's our right. priority. Right. But it, if you're the family, right? And the first time I met the family, an amazing single mom, her two children out there painting the house. We talked about sweat equity. First time I meet this family, Raven, and, and I know her, her kids by name. I feel like they're my children, right? Mm-hmm. Majesty and Heinz. Two cool names. By the way, mom, I wish you'd have gave me a cooler name. But... <laughs> Uh, I will tell you when I met when I met them, I thought we got to get this house done. Yeah, these folks have, have been they've been with us for for a couple of years now. We let's get this thing done and get this family in this home. But those are byproducts of of COVID. Now coming out of COVID, mm-hmm. um, we don't have any we don't have any more uh, retail limitations in terms of people that can shop okay. in the stores. Now, if people are vaccinated or they have that attestation process, they don't have to wear masks in a store. It's becoming more of a comfortable setting. And slowly and surely, what you're seeing now, we're tracking it, is more and more folks stepping up to donate. Okay. That is, that's to a life donate. Load. Donate time. Time or, okay. All, all the above. Okay. Time, that's what meaning, I wanted meaning to volu- Yeah, thank you. Time, mm-hmm. meaning volunteership, mm-hmm. right? Uh, items that they're that they're holding on to because there was a bunch of supply chain disruption during that time absolutely so big box stores that would typically say hey come and get get a pallet of of raw materials right Right. wasn't happening right because they're holding on when you see a 400 percent increase in lumber yep 
they're not giving out lumber. No. When you see concrete through the roof, they're not mm-hmm. giving these things out. Mm-hmm. But now you see lumber prices starting to drop a little bit. You see raw materials starting to drop. You're, you're seeing the evolution and change of getting back to some level of normalcy. Right. That's where we are post-COVID. Okay. And so for volunteers uh, of time, sure. uh, Do does Habitat uh, Golden Empire have any restrictions now uh, in the... Um, post-COVID, as I like to call it. Sure, that's I, fair. I so desperately want to be back Wishful to thinking. some I'm with you form on that. of normalcy. Um, do you have any guidelines or requirements? Must be vaccinated? Must um, you know. No, the, va- the vaccination, and that is a very controversial topic, as you of know, course. right? Certainly. But we follow uh, California Department of Public Health guidelines. Okay. So we, we follow CDPH and then OSHA guidelines, and it dictates what that is on job sites, right? Perfect. And so um, there are folks who still come into the restore space who choose to be masked up, and we respect that, right? Of course. So we're following those local protocols as it relates to OSHA and, and CDPH guidelines. Okay. That's great. So I'm thinking Adelaide's giving me that high sign right, right. there. <laughs> uh, I could talk to you for hours oh, about sure. this, Ron. Um, but it looks like that is time for us to take a short break. Uh, so go grab a bite or take a drink, and uh, we'll be back right after this. You're listening to the Kern County Real Estate Review with Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group at Coldwell Banker. Here on KNZR, 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, and streaming live on KNZR.com. We'll be right back. The times we're living in are unparalleled, and it's affected all of us. It's made us feel uneasy and alone. Americans who need to sell their home or have to move and buy a new home are experiencing tremendous stress right now. And I know it's scary and overwhelming, but there is a solution. I'm fortunate to work with some of the top agents in America, agents who are going to tell you the truth, who will give you the best advice that's right for you. Right now, you need to work with an agent that can bring solutions for you. You have the help of somebody that can help you really make an informed decision. Lori McCarty with the McCarty Group at Caldwell Banker. You may want to take a cash offer, or maybe it's time to upgrade your home and get it ready to sell in the summer. Maybe you should just hold tight and refinance. You do have options, and you deserve to work with a great agent who does business with the highest integrity. Call Lori McCarty at 665-SOLD or online at themccartygroup.com. That's themccartygroup.com. You're listening to KNZR, 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, and streaming live on KNZR.com. And we're back this morning with the Kern County Real Estate Review, featuring our host, Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group. For all your real estate questions, call Lori at 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. 
or go online to themccartygroup.com. You can also follow Lori on social media. For Facebook, follow her at The McCarty Group or on Instagram at Lori underscore McCarty. And to keep up with all the real estate news in Kern County, you can follow this show on Facebook at the Kern County Real Estate Review. There you can also submit questions you'd like Lori to answer on air or suggest topics you'd like her to cover on Sunday mornings. And if you're just tuning in, we're visiting this morning with Lori's guest, Ron White, CEO of Habitat for Humanity, Golden Empire. And Ron, for the people listening out there, how can we get in touch with you? Sure. Various ways. Every social media channel you can think of, right? Habitat for Humanity, Golden Empire. You can go to www.habitatkerncounty.org. You can call our offices, 861-8449. You can stand outside your house and yell, and I'll probably hear you. So all of those are, are avenues to get a hold of us or drop by the ReStore. Um, that'd be a great opportunity to meet staff, um, do some shopping, and connect with the Habitat family. Excellent. Thank you so much. And pick up some golf clubs. Apparently. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> or a drop set. And maybe a lesson or two, because I can certainly use it. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Um, so, Ron, I've heard it said, uh, I've heard people mumble a little bit, mm-hmm. that um, having a Habitat home in the neighborhood can reduce the property values. Is that true? You know, we started this conversation with really trying to dispel some myths. And we talked about we don't give homes away, we give opportunity away. This falls into the myth, mm-hmm. misnomer category. Right. 100% unequivocally, absolutely incorrect. In Great. fact, studies show Habitat Home in the Community actually drives property values up. That's great. It's, it's, it's quite the opposite of, of that. And so... Um, Whenever that's asked of me, I, I seize the opportunity to say, you want a Habitat home in your, in your neighborhood, right? And what's interesting about that is when we come to a neighborhood, and, and we can talk about this as we go forward, is typically we're doing things not just at that home site. Mm-hmm. We're doing neighborhood cleanups. We've done repairs on the same street. We want to get the neighborhood buy-in. Absolutely. Right? It's, it's normal. If you're on a home and you see a beautiful Habitat house, right? I live in a mm-hmm. neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You're like, wow, that's a really great house. It draws interest from folks, too. It does. Right? And then and then we also like neighbors to keep an eye on the house, right? You bet. We have supplies and different things out. Or we've had situations where, you know, neighborhoods have been very protective of those homes, right? Where they're mm-hmm. like, hey, there's somebody at that property that shouldn't be. Because they're bet. looking out for their own. It takes a village. takes a community. It does. So, so really, it drives value up, you not bet. the other way. That's wonderful, and it's it's great to hear that as people get involved in the sure. build, that that trickles out to other homes in the area where you're doing repairs, et cetera, and that you're developing that great sense of community, that embracing of that new family that's moving into that neighborhood. Well, well since you said this earlier from being an entrepreneur yourself, is that I've always said this no matter what industry you're in is business is not about line items or mm-hmm. raw materials. It's about relationships. Absolutely. So when you build a relationship in the neighborhood, I've seen folks two houses down come over. How can we help? Absolutely. Right? And when you look at this last family, you, when you see it's compelling, I will say this to you, it's compelling to me. When you're driving by on the way home and you see two young men, two little boys, they're mm-hmm. young. I'm, I'm in my mm-hmm. 50s, so they seem like little boys to me. Right. You see them out there leveling their own yard. You see mom out there with a can of paint painting. You're like, hey, what can I do to help? Remember we talked about generous right. community? Right. Not, not just in writing checks. No. But voting with your feet and coming over there and helping to build that home. So it's a whole neighborhood process. It's not a single home build. See, that's amazing. Yeah, and, and I, Ron, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. I was going to say to add to that, too, 
these people in the homes, they own the homes. That's correct. So they want to take care of them. Absolutely. Yeah, if you've Pride got a home in there, we know renters, uh, give or take, they may or may not fix that hole in the wall. But right. if you own it, you want to keep it nice. Absolutely yeah. you do. It, it goes back to that whole premise that when you are involved um, and you have a vested interest in it, mm-hmm. you have all the desire in the world to make it be everything it can be. That's well, and and yep. as, a, as a force multiplier, true, but then add the fact and I didn't, I'm, I'm guilty, I didn't do it in my home, it's, it's not just home ownership, it's the fact that they actually played a, a, a vital role in actually building their home. Right. How many people get the opportunity to swing a hammer, to paint a home, to take, and, and when you talk about that, right, you're like, yeah, we have home ownership and pride in home ownership, but now we take it to the next level because it's not just home ownership, it's a home you built. Absolutely, because if you're building a new home Absolutely. with a builder these days, you are chastised if you go on the, the build I've been side. chastised. Right. Like, How many times a week are you going to come here? I'm like, well, what's today? I'm going to be back tomorrow to make exactly. sure that things are right. And so you're right. So this is a completely different model and one that it, I it think is. serves the community very, very well. Um, so we've talked about a lot of different things, Ron. Tell me, in the, in the time you've been there, what has been your favorite project? Well, limited on time. I don't have that many under my belt, but I will say the one that we've talked about today had had a deep impact for me as as a father, mm-hmm. as somebody who's running a business, as somebody in the community, watching a single mom, mm-hmm. and I was raised by a single mom, so it's very personal for me. Absolutely. Right? Watching, watching, really looking at myself through my eyes through them, seeing a single mom out there with, with two young children who are so excited when we handed them the key, right? Right. To see them build their home, there is nothing like it. I could never describe. Sure, they pay me to do this job, and this may sound a bit hokey or cheesy. Um, let me tell you something. That's, that's pay enough for me to be able to see that it deeply touches me. So it's not even close. Now, we're working with veterans. We're working with some agent place issues and things we're dealing with. Those are vitally important. The Ronald McDonald home that we're working on this Saturday uh, with some partners, very important. But nothing for me touches being able to see them at their own home when they walk through the door for the first time and realize this is home. It's not a house. It's home. This is mine. Yeah, absolutely. It touches me deeply. And that's, that's what hopefully will keep me around here a long time. You that's, better be vested and you better be the love of what you do. That's fantastic. That's really it. It just I know you people can't see me out there, but I'm just smiling from ear to ear absolutely. because that is. That's the same kind of joy that we get when we are able to sure. help people find their own home. Absolutely. So, so what can folks do uh, to be able to help drive the mission of sure. Habitat? Sure, they can do a lot. First, please come and shop in our store. You bet. Know that we have one of the largest and most diverse retail spaces in Bakersfield. And that when you're buying a couch, you're buying a cup, maybe some artwork or a can of paint. To you, it's, it's items that you have need for. But it drives the Habitat mission fiscally. So please come out. Donate. Donate your time. Donate items in the garage. Come in, And I got to tell you, the most, the most important donation from where I said is, is your, your time because that's the most valuable commodity. Mm-hmm. Sure, we'd love to have the couch. We'd love to have the, the paint and building supplies, and, and especially now with, with raw materials being through the roof. But I still go back to the foundational point of time. Right. For me, certainly as I get older, right? I've talked about I've been doing this for three decades. The most invaluable commodity for me is time. Mm-hmm. 
and people can pick and choose how and where they use their time. So the most important thing when you, when you sort of synthesize it down, donate your time. We'd love to have the other items too, but let's start there and okay. build from that. Great. Um, and can you tell us about what your next project is that's coming up? I was hoping you would ask me. This might be the most exciting part of this conversation. So early on the conversation, you had talked about some of our long goal, long-term, short-term mm-hmm. goals. All right. So let's talk about what we're embarking on now. Okay. So within the last 30 days, we have submitted a formal proposal to the County of Kern. And I hope you're listening, County of Kern. And the proposal is this. We want to come in and what we call a rock the block model. So let me explain this to you. Yeah, please. Because I, I spent a considerable amount of time researching it and writing their proposal. And we're in deep discussion now. So county supervisors, hopefully you're tuning in. The, the premise of the rock the block proposal is a little bit of what we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, there seems to be something in this county now where we want to build a, a tremendous amount of short-term rentals. Mm-hmm. I think Adelaide mm-hmm. mentioned this early on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for me, that is no replacement for home ownership. Right. Right. So what we're proposing now is that there we've identified just in Ward 1, Councilman Arias, give you a shout out. There are over 800 infill vacant properties just sitting there. Wow. Without houses. And that's just in Ward 1. We've been in deep discussion with, with uh, Councilman Harris. He's been a great mm-hmm. advocate. So we proposed that we come in in a rock-the-block fashion, and we build literally on the same street four mm-hmm. houses consecutively. Okay. So we're, when you talk about build large uh, multifamily dwellings, our space is more single-family dwelling. Mm-hmm. So we're building, we're building across the street from four units. So during that time on the same street, same neighborhood, we're, we're constructing four new houses. We're also doing repair work. We're also doing cleanup work, right? right? And we're getting complete buy-in from the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So when you see the housing authority or large groups talking about we're building, um, whether it's a navigation center, whether we're building large home uh, multifamily dwellings, we're taking that approach in a home ownership capacity. And so we're asking, we're asking the county to come in and help with some of the ARPA funding that's coming in now through the American Mm -hmm. Rescue Plan Mm -hmm. um, to help subsidize those builds and really put some of those infill properties to use. And that's that extremely fantastic. unique. Well, let's build the neighborhoods back up. You talk about urban sprawl and density. You, you know what? If there's 800 infill lots in that area, you know what? Um, let's, put them to, let's put them to use. Let's build those families and those neighborhoods back up. Absolutely. Because with the, without those lots being built on, um, you don't have the same value in the neighborhood. Uh, it, once we get those homes built on those lots, it's going to automatically improve the value. It raises the value. The value mm-hmm. It raises the morale. And I can also tell you, and this is an, an element that's not also a draft, prior to to the Golden Empire thing, as Adelaide we're talking about, you know, I spent some time in law enforcement. Right. And when you have those type of neighborhoods where you lose that type of interest, crime rates, statistic crime rates go up. Absolutely. Right? You get families, not apartment complexes, nothing wrong with that. But when you get true home ownership and you mm-hmm. start building those communities one rock the block at a time, yep. you start changing and reculturing the neighborhood, uh, the thought process, and you invest back in the very community that you live in. That's the critical element of that. And it would be unique and it's never done in Kern County. And that's what we're pushing for to get done now. Oh, I, I love that. I'm, I am very excited. You and me so, both. Yes. Kern County, please be listening. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Let's keep our fingers crossed. Ron, this has been such a great show. I am blown away by how much Habitat does for our community. And 
as we come to an end, what do you wish everyone knew about Habitat? On a personal level, I wish people understood how, I don't want to get too emotional about this, about having a viable, safe place to live impacts and change your trajectory in life. From somebody who grew up in East Bakersfield who didn't realize that I lived at the poverty level, never knew home ownership, home ownership. I want people to know that that is, it's not just a sticks and bricks house. It is life changing. Everybody deserves a decent place to live or nobody deserves a decent place to live. That's what I want to convey to people. Please help. Absolutely. Thank you so much for taking your time to be with us today and for sharing Habitat's mission and for sharing on a very personal level your story. We really appreciate it. It has been wonderful to spend this hour with you. I wish we had a whole nother hour. You and I both. Thank you. Appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. One more time, people, if you haven't written it down yet, grab a pen. Tell us how we can reach you. You can call us. You can call us at the affiliate office. I'll probably answer the phone, 861-8449. You can find us at HabitatKernCounty.org or on any social media platform, Habitat for Humanity, Golden Empire. You can find us. Perfect. Thanks again, Ron. Thank you so much. God bless. We'll be back next Sunday morning at 8 a.m. just before Sean Hannity, who's coming up next. I hope this week we've been able to provide all of you a little more clarity into the world of real estate. And I look forward to seeing you next week. Um, I hope everybody has a great rest of the day and a fantastically blessed week ahead. This is Lori McCarty with the McCarty Group of Coldwell Banker Preferred Realtors and your host of the Kern County Real Estate Review here on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR and streaming live on KNZR.com. We'll see you next week. On missing out on the home you love or having to settle for something less just because you couldn't sell your own home quickly. I'm Barbara Corcoran. I've worked with thousands of successful real estate agents. Let me help you choose the right agent so this doesn't happen to you. If you're buying or selling in Bakersfield, call Lori McCarty because she offers an immediate cash offer and can help you find great homes before they hit the market. Partner with the right agent. Go to themccartygroup.com and start packing. Hey, you confused about real estate? Sean Hannity here, and I can tell you as an active real estate investor, well, just like the stock market, it can go up one day and down the next. Home values and sales, they fluctuate on a dime. Now, even though I bought and sold homes for years all across this great country, one thing I will always do is partner with a sharp real estate agent that truly studies local and national market trends, that knows the real value of homes, and most importantly, knows how to generate demand regardless of the market. And the good news is you have a truly amazing agent right in your backyard. I'm talking about Lori McCarty of Coldwell Banker. She has an amazing team working for her that doesn't miss a single detail. Her system is so bulletproof, well, she can create demand for your home at a deadline that you agree to or she will buy it herself. 
Now, real estate doesn't have to be frustrating or scary. Call Lori McCarty today at 665-SOLD. That's 665-SOLD. Online, themccartygroup.com. That's themccartygroup.com. Go there and you can start packing. 